Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Vision without an action is a dream, right? So uh, it's important here that we translate this vision that we have for the University of Florida football into simple everyday actions. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. Use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Billy Napier had a press conference today. Might as well dive into it just a bit here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Plenty to get into as Billy Napier gets this thing, gets his, his vision kicked off. And how he wants his Gator program to look. And plenty to get into with what he discussed today, the, the, the phases of his program. Phase one is starting, but we'll get into all the phases, but he really went into detail uh, about phase one and, and what the team and the whole program right now is, is dealing with and bringing to the table to get this thing started the right way. And, of, of course, a big transition from the last staff, from his last job, to what he has visioned for the Gators. So a lot of work going into that right now. Of course, recruiting visits happening this weekend. I mean, recruiting never, hopefully never slows down. And uh, it definitely will not slow down here on Gators Breakdown uh, coming up. But all, you know, we got about, what, three weeks till National Signing Day. Florida making visits today in Louisiana before hosting visitors this weekend? Tell you what, putting in all the effort right now on the recruiting trail. So plenty to get into. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching live right here on YouTube. Look, I know this kind of episode, a little maybe surprise episode here, but with all the the, the Billy Napier press conference today, of course, we'll, we'll dive right into it as soon as we can. So had an opportunity uh, to, to, to bring it to you guys. So if you're watching live, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really helps us out here. No matter how you view it, share it out there for us. Leave a review on Apple Podcast. That really helps us out right here on Gators Breakdown. So plenty, plenty to get into um, with the Billy Napier press conference. And right now, what is going on right now? Assessment. It's assessment time. Going over the roster. Going over the roster with the players. That's what Billy Napier, that's what we'll start with from him today. We're completing kind of a 13-day assessment period. We've been through 
uh, kind of taking each individual player on the team, you know, going through an assessment profile with each person, really getting some baseline numbers in terms of where we're at, what are the issues, what are the areas that we can improve, you know, kind of a starting point. It's a lot of dialogue, right? It's a lot of conversation. Uh, certainly, you know, you're not just evaluating a guy from a physical component, right? You're evaluating, you know, what is his history uh, on the field from a production standpoint, right? What is his history as a teammate? You know, what, what, are the, what is the consensus amongst the people in the building about them as people? Certainly, they've got a track record academically. Um, and some of these players we, we have history with where we know them from the past. Um, but I think the big thing here is that we've got to establish working relationships. You know, we've got to establish trust and communication with all the areas of the organization that work with the player, right? And some of those areas that I talked about earlier, you know, those come to the forefront this time of the year. There you go. So that's what's been going on for about the last two weeks. Napier said 13 days uh, that have been going through assessments with the the players that are on the roster. So this is, I think, a chance. You know, some players have already met with with, with Billy Napier right around the bowl game and him him coming in. Uh, they're trying to, especially some of the guys that were in the transfer portal, whether they were going to leave Florida or not. He's already had some conversations with those guys. Those guys, you know, to kind of lay out the plan. Look, if you stay here, is the plan for you. Um, or if there maybe was a plan for him at all. I'm sure, I'm sure there were uh, for, for the guys that left. But, um, you know, right now it's just a, a kind of a review process, you know, using the time that they've had since being hired to go over the film, go over probably not just last year's film, but their whole career film and see where these guys fit in for their defense, for their offense, how they fit in. Would they use them in similar ways? Would they use them in different roles? Uh, but as he said, it's not just on the field. It's about what are you doing in the classroom? What are you doing academically? Are you showing up on meetings on time? Are you showing up, uh, you know, when you're supposed to be? Are you, are, you, are you where you are supposed to be when you're supposed to be there? Uh, so there, it's not just on the field. On the field is going to be coming first, of course. But if you don't take care of the, the off-field issues, look, I'm sure that's going to be a, a big part of this, is, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, the, the buy-in, whether it was there beforehand or whether it was not there beforehand you know and what will it take uh to get there so this is kind of the first step i think in the in the trust process of figuring out what these players do well figuring out what these players need what were some of the issues from the previous staff how can they fix those issues what you know, of course billy napier is going to build this program in his image but he's going to need feedback he's going to need some good feedback from from this team to kind of identify some of the issues some of the things they look we've all heard it the last couple of weeks here of fixing the nutrition fixing the parking situation here i know it's kind of a running joke but the play, apparently it meant a lot to the players here of getting all those parking tickets and and racking up fees and racking up fines that they had to go pay uh in in just a short order of time here billy napier's fixed that issue fixed the nutrition issue i mean these players listening to, to the gator collective spaces uh there with, with some of the recruits and they're impressed so far with just the simple idea of a great breakfast in the morning should that should that be a big deal right now i guess right now it should be but should we be asking ourselves the question of hey is this team getting fed right no we shouldn't be asking ourselves that question there's a reason a coaching change was made look and what's what, what we tried to tell people all throughout the whole process of of you know what should Dan Mullen be fired or not? it wasn't just about win loss record it was about 
are steps in place to get the thing fixed and turned around. And, and it wasn't. It wasn't. You were un, not going to just snap your fingers and everything was going to be in place. You had to have a buy-in from the coaching staff. It wasn't there. It was time to move on. Billy Napier has seen it. We'll get into it right here in just a second about the phases here. But this is the first step in a long line of communication for this current roster to talk to Billy Napier, get things fixed. That's where it's going to start. There has to be buy-in. There has to be buy-in from the players to the coaching staff. And if not, the coaches are sitting there just talking to a brick wall at that point. Got to get the players to care. Got to get the players to buy in. That's where it starts right now. So an assessment phase, but not, not only for on the field, that, that'll come. More of that'll come after spring practice as well as they put these guys in position to the, this, these steps that we're seeing right now. Okay, now this is time to lay out a plan for spring practice. And they'll go over it again uh, and, and see, uh, you know, as far as on field goes, whether things are moving in the right direction or not. But is to me right now, these – 13 these past 13 days has been more about all right let's get this thing headed in the right direction let's get some buy-in and then everything else on the field will take care of itself so all right um let's move to these phases uh this is a pretty popular topic here for billy napier um going and kind of looking at some of his history here and he has said so himself that 75 percent of what he brings as a coach is from the Alabama blueprint. The rest is what he has picked up along the way from even before that, from previous coaching staffs and what he has learned from coaching himself. They have goals and objectives. They like, like to hit throughout the year. And then pull it up for you right here. If you're watching the YouTube version, there you go. Eight phases of culture for Billy Napier. The foundation, identity, spring ball, a discretionary period, the regimen, training camp, in season, postseason. There's your eight phases. That's what Billy Napier goes by. So you see it there. Foundation, that's the winter offseason program. That's where we're at right now or where we're about to be. This is, this is where it starts. Billy Napier said it starts on January 18th. So this is where this is without the coaches uh, while they're on the road recruiting, you know, and you have to have limited contact from the the on-field coaching staff right now. Uh, So, but Billy Napier did go into that today about the foundation, what it takes to build a football program. This is where it starts. We begin phase one uh, on January the 18th, which is we call foundation. Uh, we really try to define that for the players. You know, this is an action of establishing an organization. You know, it's a body on, upon which something is built, right? It's a basis upon which something stands, right? So I think in college football, uh, each year you got to kind of be, um, start the process over. Um, it's a new group of players. It's a new group of staff. Certainly the organization always has probably 25 or 30% of attrition, right? So new leadership roles uh, at all levels. Uh, And then you've got a group of uh, new people, rookie players, rookie staff members that have to learn expectations and learn systems and kind of our, you know, our approach. So, you know, this, uh, this will consist of 10 lifts, 12 
uh, team runs. You know, the goal here is to uh, build trust uh, within the organization to establish communication. You know, I think it's important that you define self-discipline for the players. Uh, we want to define attention to detail. And we're trying to create a structure here, a routine. Um, time management, obviously, is a big component of this. And then, you know, we want to establish expectations as a new group, a new way of operating here, you know, establish accountability. And it's important that we're consistent uh, and that we're fair. Um, you know, we have goals and objectives for all the development parts of our program, right? Strength and condition and performance and sports science, nutrition, uh, the athletic training room, uh, academics, uh, and our new Gatormade um, program that we will launch here pretty soon. So there we go. I think the, if you want to take one key word from that, accountability. How many times was that word brought up in the last couple of years of the previous staff? Accountability, whether somebody gets a penalty on the field and they, and they don't come off the field, they still out there playing. Or accountability of, you know, the players just not, even on the coaching staff, you know, the, the accountability there of bringing back a defensive coordinator who brought one of the worst defenses in Florida history and you brought him back. What was the accountability in the last program? It was not there. That's what the staff's working on right now. Start with the players. Uh, but, you know, Billy Napier said, look, this is a chance where we get to know each other. This is laying the foundation. A lot of accountability, you know, for, for these players because, as I said, not much contact with the coaching staff during this period, not the on-field coaching staff. This is Mark Hockey, the strength and conditioning coach. More about him, more about his staff, what they can bring. And that's why this, you know, the, the strength and conditioning coach such an important hire for this right here. Strength con- the strength and conditioning coach might actually be more important than Billy Napier himself when laying the foundation. That's why you have to make that hire. That's why you have to make the right hire for that role and for those members of that part of the staff. For them right now, this is, that, this is, this is where you make the team. This is where you know, you, your, your first step of making a team, you got to lay that foundation put out the expectations, players know what to expect, coaches know what they expect, everybody's on the same page. The lifts and the runs, a lot of trust being built right there. So this is, you know, we talked about the buy-in just from, from a meeting, from just on field and getting to know each other. The buy-in's going to have to be there too, and these guys getting in, into the workouts t- together, picking each other up. A lot of new faces, a lot of new faces. Going to want to impress those new faces. <laughs> so, and then there's some new faces on the team as well that's going to, and we, I think it's important as well that some, you know, Billy Napier is bringing some of these transfers from Louisiana over as well. They know the expectation, they know the culture. I think that can go a long way. And these players creating bonds with each other early on from guys who have been through this. But a lot of this staff, they know the expectation, share it, share all the info. There you go. That's how you start building the foundation. And maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit faster than what Billy Napier had at Louisiana. That was his first job. Can take all the positives he learned from that, transfer them over here to Florida. Bring some of those players over from Louisiana as well. Foundation could be laid a little bit faster now. So all right, let's go through the rest of these phases under Billy Napier. 
identity phase it's a, it's a in all hands on deck it's a, a full army to work on the identity of the team before spring practice and this is everybody all the way from quality control to analysts to staff to the head coach about a four-week process prior to spring practice that'll be the next step and it's you know laying the foundation creating creating an identity with the players Spring ball is the next phase. Napier likes to start spring practice a little bit later in the process. 15 spring practices uh, in, a, in, a, in a speech that he gave, you know, he, he says usually it's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday approach in spring practice. Napier loves the spring routine he's developed as head coach at Louisiana. The discretionary phase is next, and you know, while the players are taking their exams, uh, this, this part is – let them finish their exams. Let them go home for a couple of weeks. When they get back, it's the next phase, the regimen phase. Summer one, summer two programs. Uh, you know, that's kind of well, more workout, getting ready for training camp. And training camp, in season, postseason, that's self-explanatory. <laughs> we know what that is. Training camp, those practices in the grueling summer, getting ready getting ready for the first game of the season, getting ready for the season, in-season, postseason. We all know what happens there. So there you go. There you go. Those are the eight phases under Billy Napier and the specific plans for each phase. Everybody from the players to the staff members, everybody has a role. Everybody knows what they are doing every single day. And uh, Billy Napier also mentioned today that there is a, there is a, a six-stage recruiting plan. So there was eight phases of, you know, football. But then there's also six stages of recruiting. Every person involved, both, both plans, a recruiting plan and Napier's eight phase of football plan, everybody has defined roles. So as I said, Napier has said, um, in talking about those phases, about 75% of that, taken from the Alabama blueprint. Hopefully, hopefully it works out. <laughs> hopefully it works out. Um, yeah, you take the blueprint, put your little spin on it. Be hard to duplicate what Alabama does, of course, but you start somewhere. Work one time, Sunbelt, Louisiana. Now bring it over to Florida. See what happens when you get that higher talent profile. And hopefully we see the results of that. Hopefully we see the results of that. Because, I mean, you don't want to go – look, Billy Napier's not Nick Saban. Nobody's Nick Saban. But also, you got to put your own spin on things. Not every situation is the same. You're in Florida. He's at Alabama. The difference is there. So I'm eager to see how these, you know, these phases shake out, what comes from it, how much Florida grows by using Billy Napier's phases right there. All right, plenty more to get into in this episode of Gators Breakdown. We'll uh, bring a little segment from Gators Breakdown Plus. Had a Gators Breakdown Plus Q&A this week as well. So I'm going to bring a little segment over here, give you guys a preview of that. You can go uh, join Gators Breakdown Plus and also all the recruiting news coming up. But before we get there, it's the moment many of you have been waiting for out there. The NFL playoffs are here, and with my bookie, you can take home your biggest wins of the season thanks to their double deposit bonus. It's easy. Sign up with my bookie. Use my promo code GATORS. Make your first deposit. Double your money instantly into your account. 
up to $1,000. Now that you're up and loaded and ready to go, it's time to place your bets with no regrets. Get your wins when it matters most. If you're torn about, if you're torn about where to place your bet, listen up. Maybe I could push you in the right direction. Before the playoffs kick off, wager your pick to take home Super Bowl 56. The field's wide open this year. Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, who you taking? Head to my bookie, back your team all the way this postseason. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code Gators. Head to mybookie.ag, place your bets, and get ready for the unmatched intensity of playoff football. Bet on anything, anywhere, anytime at mybookie. All right, guys, here we go. Uh, One more takeaway from the press conference before we move on to recruiting, and that is the big headline storyline of Emory Jones. And if you've been listening to Gators Breakdown, of course, following along out there on social media or some of the other websites out there, you, of course, it looked at looked like at one time Emory Jones was going to transfer, even had quotes about it, about him leaving Florida and where, maybe what his future was going to be, but never put his name into the transfer portal. Uh, we brought it up on Gators Breakdown Plus the, the whole time, have a member there who's been keeping us pretty up to date on, on, on Emory Jones and, let us know pretty much before it was getting out that, hey, not so fast. There's still discussions, plans for Emory Jones to stay at Florida. Looks like that is the case. Billy Napier was asked about it today at the press conference, and Emory Jones is taking classes. Emory Jones is at the University of Florida. Quote, he's done a fantastic job with all the things we've asked him to do, Napier said today. You know, I would hope our fans and all the people out there would understand what a big deal that is. This is a guy who is a class act. It's been very impressive to me, the caliber of person that he is. Neighbor continued with, with Emory, I think he cares about this place. It's important to him to represent this place the right way. He'd be the first to admit that he's played really well at times, and he struggled at times. I think for me as a coach going forward, and in particular the quarterback, you're the teacher, they're the student. I'm going to work with those guys exclusively every day. So when the team struggles or the player struggles, it's important that you take ownership of that as the teacher and certainly will have that approach. So there we go. It couldn't have been easy for Emory Jones mentally last year with the struggles. Um, you know, of course, we've talked about it plenty of, uh, of times uh, here this season this or this past season. But apparently Billy Napier still finds a role here for Emory Jones or at least, you know, Emory Jones – Sure, you heard right there how much he cares about the University of Florida. He's very close to graduating. Finish some classes, go take part in spring practice, and see what happens. Now, granted, if you ask me and ask me to make a prediction, no, I don't see Emory Jones starting quarterback at Florida again. But I won't completely dismiss it. Maybe there's something Billy Napier can unlock. Maybe the past staff just completely lost every bit of. I won't say coaching ability. That would be the wrong, wrong way to put it. But, you know, the, the wherewithal, the, the, the care to just kind of – and look, I don't know. I don't even think that's Billy Napier taking a shot at the previous staff about so when a player struggled, disappointed that you take ownership as that teacher. I'm not necessarily meaning that's a – I'm not taking that as a shot from the previous staff or to the previous staff. But I think Billy Napier sees as he's had discussions with Emory Jones – Say, hey, you know, there, there are ways we can help. There are ways to – I know it's a mental struggle. 
when you're struggling out there as a quarterback. It's hard to get over that. But maybe Billy Napier sees something out there that at least, you know, quarterback depth purposes. Maybe not, maybe doesn't. Maybe they've had the conversation Emory Jones is not the starting quarterback. But Emory Jones, as he said, loves the University of Florida. Maybe Emory Jones, one more time, gets that degree, goes somewhere as a graduate, a graduate transfer. Still plenty to play for if you're Emory Jones. Go through spring practice and see what happens. We've got a quarterback room right now, consisting of hopefully when spring practice starts and healthy Anthony Richardson. Henry Jones, Carlos Del Rio, Jalen Kitna. I mean, of course, you you look at it. Would it be would it be would it be would it be difficult to kind of bounce back? Yeah, of course it would. But I do think with everything going on, maybe a familiar face in the room. Maybe it'd be a good thing. But yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller, of course, transferring in as well. I don't know how I left him off, but <laughs> um, quarterback room's deep. I don't see taking five quarterbacks into spring practice or fall, fall camp, fall practice. Uh, but I don't think you can blame Emory Jones one bit for finishing up some classes, graduating from the University of Florida, going through one more spring practice with this staff, and let the chips fall where they may. All right, let's get into some more news as we shift away from Billy Napier's press conference. And Gator got some good news this week on the transfer front. Montreal Johnson. Transfers from Louisiana. His true freshman season last year rushed 162 times for 838 yards and a team-high 12 touchdowns as a true freshman in 2021. That helped him earn Sun Belt Freshman of the Year. He had a 99-yard run versus Arkansas State this season, finished that game with a season-high 150 yards. Good for the Gators to have him ready to go this spring. I mean, take a look at it. Damien, Damien Pierce is gone. Malik Davis is gone. Naquan, White is, Naquan Wright is injured, the injury from the FSU game. So Lorenzo Lingard, Demarcus Bowman, we're going to be your only two running backs going into spring practice. We know with any chance of playing in the fall. You may have had some walk-ons, may have had some, some guys down the depth chart, but for – all intents and purposes, going through a spring practice with Lorenzo Lingard and Demarcus Bowman wouldn't have been the ideal situation here for Florida. First of all, you don't want those two guys taking that many reps, increasing their injury chances in spring. And also, now you you get a good player in Montreal Johnson. Sunbelt freshman of the year. Look, anytime, and we see it right now, there are multiple Power 5 programs out there going after Billy Napier's Louisiana transfers. You know, so you prove it in the Sun Belt. Well, that's that's better than proving it on the high school field. No matter, no matter if you're a five star, four star in the recruiting world, you go out there and prove it at a D one level. That's worth more. You've already proven you can go play some football at one of the highest levels. So proving it, proving it there, having some years of eligibility, 
What, three years eligibility left for Montreal Johnson? Now be able to go through spring practice as well with Bowman and Lingard, a guy who has experience, a guy who knows what to expect in this offense, a guy who knows that he can share his information here with the running back room about what to expect. I like it. I like it. All right, so let's stay at running back while we shift to high school recruiting. That was a transfer that Florida got there in Johnson, but highly rated four-star. Javante Citizen has pushed his visit back from this weekend to next weekend, January 22nd. But the staff going to visit in Louisiana or visited Friday. Uh, Louisiana Citizen is from there. Florida sent some staff members to the state of Louisiana making multiple visits. Javante Citizen, one of them. So visiting him on Friday before returning to campus to host this weekend's visitors. That's a lot what the staff is doing here. Uh, even with the commitments, of course, you know, Trevor, Trevor ETN from last week, Montreal Johnson, as we just discussed, you know, this, the staff showing Citizen he is a priority. And look, this isn't a, a, this isn't a move about an immediate need at running back, though getting a highly rated running back, <laughs> it can possibly play off there immediately anyway, but this, this is more long-term. ETN, long-term. Citizen, long-term. As I said, you got three backs now, one who has p- played for Billy Napier already, and then, of course, we've been waiting for Bowman and, and, and Lingard. They've been around this team. So you know, those are the three guys you point to first um, with who you're looking at at running back and maybe even Naquan Wright, according to how he recovers from that injury. But ETN, hopefully Citizen, that's down the road. That's looking – if you get anything for, from him, in 2022? Okay, great. But with Wright's health status, I think you have to even play it that way. So while numbers might be heavy for the 2022 season with Lingard, Bowman, Wright, Johnson, ETN, Citizen, there's a <laughs> six backs right there, it does set up to have quality depth past 2022. Daquan Wright, Lorenzo Lingard, those guys may leave after this year. Okay, well, at least you're four backs right there. Four backs that have went through spring and a, and a season. So I don't think there's too – you're not taking too many – you're not going to have too many running backs, even if you get Citizen. And look, one of those players might transfer anyway. You bring in Citizen, okay, if a guy leaves, a guy leaves. Florida needs to breed competition. Competition matters. May the best players play – no handouts for the depth chart. You build talent on talent. That's how you get better as a team. We sit here and talk about wanting to be better in recruiting. Well, getting better in recruiting is going out there and elevating the roster any way possible. If you think you can get Trevante Citizen in this class, you by all means go get him. Make practice hard with talent, and it'll pay off. All right, mentioned the staff visiting Louisiana. On while we're recording this on a Friday, visited on Friday before heading back to Gainesville uh, before these visit weekend starts. Uh, so that was to see Trevante Citizen, also five-star defensive back Jacoby Matthews, then also three-star Cincinnati D commit tight end Danny Lewis. Well, I love this move. It shows these guys that they're wanted. And Citizen and Matthews were originally supposed to visit this weekend. Now they'll visit together. Next week, 
And now it'll be coming off uh, the staff visiting them in person this week, and you get them on campus next week. Keeping Florida on these guys' mind for two straight weeks. That's the type of effort that can go a long way in getting these top recruits. You want to secure their signature on National Signing Day? Okay, go visit them one week, and you got them back on campus the next week. Keep Florida on the forefront. And then Danny Lewis decommitted from Cincinnati earlier this week. A lot of people saw that one coming anyway. Looks to be a Florida-LSU battle when, when he decommitted. It wasn't five, ten minutes after I'm uh, decommitting from Cincinnati that he also tweets an offer from LSU. LSU, the in-state school, always going to be tough to beat for players in Louisiana. So with Citizen Matthews and, and Lewis here, going to be some tough battles, Florida-LSU battles coming up, given this staff's background in the state of Louisiana. Corey Raymond as well be on that LSU staff. Florida's got some inroads here. Got Trevor Etienne last week. So I love seeing the effort of going to visit guys that you know you're going to be in the running for on a Friday, fly back to Gainesville, get ready for visits the Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. I think it speaks to just how much different of a process this is going to be under this staff. All right, let's take a look at the names coming up this weekend. We'll, of course, talk about it on Gators Breakdown next week, the hopefully positive fallout from all these visits this weekend. But now you can add Louisiana offensive line transfer Osiris Torrance. That's my number one target right now for Florida. He would instantly come in be the best offensive lineman Florida has. He is going to visit Gainesville this weekend. There was some some wonder when he was going to visit. He had been making visits to LSU on Thursday, I believe, or Friday, uh, but will make the visit to Gainesville. A lot of people thought this was a for-sure shoe-in for Florida with Torrance transferring from Louisiana and possibly to Florida to play for Billy Napier again. Rob Sell, the offensive line coach now uh, as well, has to go a long way, but Auburn's coming after him. Miami, LSU, other schools are offering at, at the same time. You hope like, – and shout-out to Corey Bender here says that um, you know, Torrance told him he wants to make a decision by this weekend. You could be in Gainesville this weekend. What better timing? Go ahead, make that commitment, come in and play for Florida's offensive line. Who – I mean, you'll come in right away, boom, instant starter. The big name this week, number one linebacker Harold Perkins, Texas A&M commit. Gators really are, squarely are, in his service or in the mix for his services. Hopefully the visit this week, Florida knocks it out of the park. Big boy recruiting right here. Pulling out all the stops. For Harold Perkins, think about the message you can send if you're Billy Napier and this staff. Now, look, Perkins, a lot of you, you know the background of him, committed to Texas A&M at an all-star game. He had always wanted to commit at an all-star game. So was that commitment a little premature? Hopefully. 
Hopefully he's not that tied in to being an Aggie. The Gators can sway his decision here. This is big boy recruiting. You see what Texas a and doing on the recruiting trail right now. So you know they're taking care of things and their process is working. So you send a message right here of, okay, get this Texas A&M commit. No matter, it doesn't matter how committed he is right now. What would the perception be? All right, Texas A&M's on fire and recruiting. Billy Napier and this Florida staff went and stole Harold Perkins away from him anyway. Imagine that headline coming up soon. So big, big weekend here to impress Harold Perkins. Big boy recruiting. <laughs> here we go. So, uh, of course, let's go through some of, some of the other names here as well. Um, defensive tackle signee Jamari Lyons. Newly committed Trevor Etienne. Shamar James would be on campus as well. Uh, and then some of the guys that Florida will be trying to get in the running for, get their signature on National Signing Day. Former USC wide receiver commit Caleb Douglas. You know, Kerry Colbert's going to play a role there, of course. Amarian Winston, defensive end, wide receiver tied in, all this. Boardingham, a former Vanderbilt safety commit, Miguel Mitchell. We'll get into defensive scheme and stuff coming up after recruiting and, and all that when we really have some time to really dive in past the, all the news, all the coaching hire news and all the recruiting news that's kind of going to, you know, or has been and will be for the next few weeks, kind of taking up all the headlines. So we'll be able to dive more into scheme for offense and defense. But Patrick Tony likes to play some safeties, likes to play a lot of DBs. In today's speed them up offensive world football, Miguel Mitchell, safety commit, uh, former Vanderbilt safety commit there. So look out. Uh, he's getting some bigger offers as this thing kind of plays out as well. So kind of look out for his – I think he named – what, top two on Thursday? If I'm, that just popped in my head. He named him top two of Tennessee and Florida. And then he's going to be in Gainesville this weekend. So Miguel Mitchell, safety there. And then Gators offensive line commit as well, Jalen Farmer, will be on campus this weekend. So kind of keep up. It may be some surprise visitors. And I'm not saying huge surprise visitors or anything like that. But uh, keep an eye on – Social media, your favorite Gator website out there, or you know, follow me on Twitter. Any visit differences happen, whether some of these guys end up not making it or some new guys do make it. But that's the way it looks right now on this Friday of this first official visit weekend of 2022. All right, guys. So before I sign off here, as I said, give you guys a little tease of some stuff we do on Gators Breakdown Plus. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff going on there. That Discord chat room, I tell you, that's so much fun. Talking Gators all day, every day. If you like the kind of message board style platform, chat room platform, platform. So what's going on there? So you can, of course, the link is in the description. If you want to sign up for Gators Breakdown Plus, really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. A little bit of support there. Uh, there to hopefully bring you even more Gator content. But uh, yeah, so a little snippet here from that. And one of the questions brought up was the expectations in year one under Billy Napier. 
Well, let me find the, uh, let me find it. There we go. All right, Josh brings in, wasn't able to get his last name there. So Josh, thanks for sending this, but I uh, wasn't able to get your last name in there from the email. But how do you gauge success with Billy Napier in year one? I personally do not expect us to win a national championship next year, but what can we as Gator Nation consider success in the first year? That's a lot that goes into that. The win-loss record, probably not the best barometer. I mean, of course it helps, and that will be part of it. Uh, absolutely will be, you know, and that's probably more than half of it. <laughs> if you want to start weighing expectations and success and all that and how, how, how all that ties in together. But that schedule is tough. I mean, we just took a look at the way too early rankings in the last episode of Gators Breakdown. And think about it. Let's see what Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, LSU, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas A&M. So there's seven opponents right there that in all those polls that we put together or that I found for way too early, at least those are seven teams right there. Those seven teams were ranked not in – I think there probably was one of them where all seven of them were ranked in one of the polls. But at least, you know, those seven teams were ranked at least in one of those polls. And you have Georgia and Texas A&M firmly in the top ten. Utah firmly in the top ten. There's three top ten teams right there that Florida will have on the schedule. Then top 15, I saw Kentucky in a couple of them. Top 20, Tennessee. Top 25, South Carolina. I mean, this schedule is very, very tough. You know, so how do you gauge success in a transition year with a schedule like that? Well, first, a lot of new coaches come in and they probably win games they shouldn't and they lose games they shouldn't. I mean, go back to Dan Mullen in 2018, lost to Kentucky. I, you know, by the time the year was at that end of that year, as good as that Kentucky team was, I think if you play Florida in December of that year, Florida probably wins that game. But still, okay, you lost that game. You can say, just because it's Kentucky, I don't care how good 2018 Kentucky is, Florida shouldn't lose to Kentucky. All right, so you lose a game you shouldn't. You lose to Missouri that year, game you shouldn't. Uh, but go back and look at it. Should you have, should you have beat LSU that year? Hmm. Game was at home. Okay, so you can get some credit there. Um, you know, Michigan in the bowl game. You know, how do you weigh that? I'll leave that up to you. All those holdouts from Michigan and all that kind of stuff, too. But it was a, it was a bowl game. Florida needed to win in Dan Mullen's first year. So, okay. You know, you got some good wins. Probably some losses you shouldn't have had. But this year, I mean, you don't open up with a cupcake. I mean, you have to hit the ground running versus Utah. So, I think, how do you gauge success given that schedule, and just honestly, given any schedule, you want to be better in December than you are in September. For a first-year head coach, you probably kind of expect that. So I think with that being, for me, the expectation, you expect to get better as the season goes on. That's how I would gauge success. Now, (laughs) you go... And look at it. First of all, what's, what's, what's the buy-in going to be from the players? 
there was not a, a lot of accountability on this team the last couple of years. Do some of these guys have trouble adjusting to accountability? I mean, there were guys on this team who can make penalties on the field and still be out there the very next play. No matter how big the penalty was, didn't matter. You weren't coming off the field. You were going to play anyway. There were guys who missed team meetings, guys who would not practice, didn't make it to practice. They trotted them out there anyway. There was a lack of accountability from the last staff. So I think there's going to be a sense of entitlement from these players the last couple of years. And how fast do they adjust? How fast do they buy in? Another angle to this, and I think let's just kind of break it down. The three phases of offense, defense, and special teams. Well, at least for defense and special teams, I think if we saw any sign of improvement from those sides of the ball, it would probably get some success there, wouldn't you? I certainly would. I see a defense that can tackle a defense that doesn't look lost. A defense that just, I won't necessarily necessarily say be feared in your one, but you start seeing the signs of it. For offense, well, I mean, let me continue with special teams. Special teams is just not a complete disaster. And actually, actually an asset to the team. At least in that, in, on that side of the ball, I want to see a net positive. I won't even be satisfied with coming in and kind of just looking at it and say, oh, okay, at least I didn't mess anything up. No, I want to see gains. I want to see positive plays on special teams. For the offense, of course, a toughness on the offensive line, consistency on the offensive line, and of course, what it goes without saying, quarterback position. Get something there consistently as well. But I want to see a certain I want to see a certain toughness with this team. Both sides of the ball in the trenches. Now maybe tough with who you have there. But also, you know, the, the mental approach. Play smarter, play tougher. So maybe that's too much in year one. But as I said, I think buy-in's gonna be a huge part of that. But I want to see. I guess I would say big picture before you know before I move on from this question. Big picture, I want to see some toughness, some accountability, and I want you to look better in game eleven, games eleven, you know, ten, eleven, and twelve. I want you know you could even win those games versus Utah and Kentucky at the beginning of the year. Use that as a springboard. Use that as progress. Because look, I mean, the, the middle of the season is going to be tough. LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M right there in the middle of the season. Okay, so, you, you know, there might be a somewhat expected dip right there in the middle. Rally. Rally the troops. And then set up for a, Dece- uh, a November where when the season's over right after Thanksgiving, you're saying, okay, that was year one. I saw some good things. Year two, let's go. You see signs that you're excited for. That's how I gauge success. It won't necessarily be a whole lot of win-loss record just because of how tough the schedule is. It will go into it. You know, but we're all smart enough football fans. What does it look like? What does it look like? 
that will go a long way as far as gauging success. There you go. So a little snippet there from Gators Breakdown Plus. As I said, I'll send out an email, ask for your questions, and give a response there. So go join. Link is in the description. GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM. Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Help, like as I said, some support there. Hopefully put out some more Gator content with even more support. <laughs> so uh, that's, the, that's the plan. That's the plan there. But as I said, the big draw to that, that Gator Gators Breakdown Plus Discord server. I mean, it's uh, if you want to chat some Gator football, that's the best place to do it. Then um, I'm, I'm on there a good bit. Got a lot of great users there. To, 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 a lot of smart football fans as well. Uh, there, so just um, and look, there's even rooms for. Uh, we'll we'll add the plus aspect to it. There's a room. There's a there's a there's a basketball room. You can chat some basketball, baseball, softball, even past that. If you want to talk video games, if you want to talk TV and movies, I've even set up separate rooms for all that. It's just kind of kind of a sports bar mentality uh, there of what we have on that Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. So you get the link when you sign up for Gators Breakdown Plus. So. All right, and look, as that, as I was running that uh, soundbite there, Florida announced one more hire, and you heard Billy Napier in the press conference today announce the Gator Made program. Well, let's find out a little bit more about that, and a lot of it's to do with the newest hire of Savannah Bailey. Billy Napier announced here on Friday that Bailey has joined the staff as Senior Director of Player Relations and Gator Made, a native of Columbia, Tennessee, Kelly spent the last five seasons at Clemson as a director of life skills and community service with the Tigers Paul Journey program. In her role, she helped develop football scholar athletes through daily mentoring, civic engagement, service learning, and life skills acquisition. At Florida, Bailey's role will focus on creating and implementing, implementing opportunities for applied leadership and professional development of Gator football scholar athletes. Bailey will lead the efforts of GatorMade, a holistic, player-focused, and purpose-driven initiative that develops each Gators football team member during their tenure at Florida and beyond. The resources and experiences provided through GatorMade align with those offered to all Gator Scholar athletes through the Hawkins Center, serving as a partner and advocate for the development of the football program. The GatorMade staff also includes Senior Director of Player Development and Alumni Relations, Vernell Brown, and Marcus Castro-Walker, Director of Player Engagement and NIL. Together, they will collaborate to support and challenge the entire Gators football roster, as well as connect with Swamp alumni for opportunities of celebration and growth. Swamp alumni is a collective group of all former football players. Bailey graduated from the University of Tennessee with a Bachelor of Science in Microbiology and has a Master's of Education in Student Affairs Counseling from Clemson. She is also currently pursuing her doctorate of philosophy and education leadership from Clemson as well. So there you go. Big pull from Clemson. And you see the way they do things. And now bringing Bailey in for this Gator Made initiative. And you got to like hearing that. Uh, as we know, uh, it's going to be more than just about football in the world of recruiting and getting players on your, on your team right now. What can you do for players after football? What can you do to help them in NIL? All this stuff's going to come into play here uh, with uh, this Gator made program. And look, go back. I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to it. I already brought it up one time, but uh, the Gator collective, 
gated collective spaces with Kamari, um, Kamari Wilson, David Connor, and Devin Moore. All three of those guys were talking about it. And they were asked, you know, um, like hobbies outside of football. And Devin Moore brings up business. You know, entrepreneurship. Well, there you go. I mean, you set up programs like this. It can help live out a dream away from football. Gauge other interests outside of football. Help these guys grow their brand, grow their personality, grow their future. Financial literacy is going to be a big part of this. They talked about that uh, last night as well. So you start having programs like this Gatormade program here. Starting to go a long way in just – it's always going to be about football. Always will be. But there's other aspects to it as well that can go a long way. You know, show parents that your kids will be taken, taken care of. Start looking at you. Start looking at you more. I mean, what do we hear about Billy Napier and, and Kamari's recruitment? He went and talked to his mom. While his mom's working at Sam's. Okay. Yeah. Show you care. Show you care more than just about the kid, more than just a football player. You care more about the future. Care about you care about the kid. You care about the family. And you see with all these programs that Billy Napier's bring into Florida. It says it's more than just about football. You got to expand that. You got to expand that just a bit. It's a lot of good things, a lot of good things, a lot of changes, a lot of difference coming to the Gator football program. All right, so there you go. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thanks for hopping on uh, here with you watching live. I know, as I said, the weird time for, for me to be doing an episode here, but had an opportunity right after Billy, Billy Napier's press conference to come at you uh, with an episode here. So a lot of good stuff. Follow recruiting all over the weekend, however you want to follow it. There'll be a lot of stuff going on. Uh, even look. Join Gators Breakdown Plus. <laughs> we'll be talking about it all weekend long uh, there as people will share uh, their thoughts, share what they're hearing as well uh, it, it, as, as um, recruiting ramps up. A big visit weekend for the Gators right now. So that'll do it. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.